Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. I have a bad habit of misplacing things, forgetting things. Have you ever looked for your keys for a long time, then realized they were in your pocket? I have. And then while I was looking for my keys, I laid down my phone and uh, had to then go look for it. I have been told something and forgotten it within minutes. Usually if I'm late for something, it's because I've lost my stuff and I can't find it and I have forgot, or I've forgotten what I was supposed to be at anyways. One study found that the average American spends 15 minutes a day looking for lost items. The best strategy I have found to help taking is taking notes on my phone and looking through those notes as often as possible throughout a day, except for when I've lost my phone. We can easily misplace our hope, our peace, and our joy as well. We can lose focus on Jesus and get off track in life. We need something to remind us, to refocus us, and get us pointed in the right direction. Today is the fourth Sunday of Dinner with Jesus, our sermon series on the meals that Jesus shared with people in the book of Luke. Our story for today is certainly the most famous meal Jesus enjoyed. The Last Supper is the most famous meal ever shared, and we continue it every Sunday in communion. Communion is a memorial to remind us and refocus us, but it is more than that as well. Through communion, God promises to work in us. It is us reaffirming our loyalty to God, our unity with Jesus and one another. Today, we read the story of the Last Supper, Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 23. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. The Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to the one whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another which one of them it could be who would do this. The night Jesus was crucified, he shared a meal with his disciples. We call it the Lord's Supper because only a few hours after, Jesus will be betrayed and arrested. We continue the Last Supper every Sunday as communion, or as it's sometimes called, the Lord's Supper. At this time, Jesus and his disciples called it the Passover. About 1,500 years before Jesus, the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt, and God sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, but Pharaoh refused. So God sent ten plagues to convince Pharaoh to free them, and the final plague was the death of the firstborn of every family. However, God told the Jewish people to slaughter a lamb and spread its blood on their doorpost. The death angel passed over the homes covered by the blood of the lamb. Do you hear all the ways the Passover points to Jesus? The blood of the lamb, just like the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, covered them so that the wrath of God passed over them. 
Jesus died for our sins, and when his blood covers us, we are spared. Our sins are forgiven. The Lord's Supper is a memorial. Every, each time we share it, we remember the cross of Jesus' suffering on our behalf. Through him, we are free, forgiven, and have hope for the future. It is a memorial, but it is also more than a memorial. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1 through 3, we hear God describe the Passover for the Jewish people. Observe the month of Abib. By keeping the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of each of each of Egypt by night. You shall offer the Passover sacrifice to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd at the place that the Lord will choose as a dwelling for his name. You must not eat with it anything leavened. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it, the bread of affliction because you came out of the land of Egypt in great haste. So they didn't have time for the bread to rise. That's the idea there. And then he continues, so that all the days of your life, you may remember the day of your departure from the land of Egypt. And then Jesus, at his final Passover, gave us the Lord's Supper. Then the Lord, then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. We don't just remember. In communion, we connect with God through the new covenant. Every time we take communion, we reaffirm and live out our connection with God that Jesus provided through the breaking of his body and the spilling of his blood. A covenant is a promise. God made a covenant with Moses on Mount Sinai, and when he gave the Old Testament law, now God has made a new covenant or promise with us through the death of Jesus. The interesting part is that usually when a covenant or contract is made, each side negotiates and signs it. However, in this case, Jesus represents both humanity and God. He is our connection, our agreement, because he fully represents both. He is fully human and fully God. He has the interest of both sides fully at heart. When we take communion, we remember. We also reaffirm our connection to God. We were separated from God and bound for destruction, but God chose to come to us and rescue us. He lived to show us the way of God. He died to pay the penalty you deserve for the forgiveness of your sins and then rose again to prove that he is the God who can make all of this happen, to prove it all true. In communion, we receive the gospel every Sunday, believing it, claiming it, living it, allowing it to change us. We say, whatever is in my past, whatever I've done, whatever has been done to me, Jesus has overcome it. We say whatever separates us from one another, Jesus has overcome it. We say whatever will stand before us in the future and try to separate us from our God and break us down, Jesus will overcome it. Communion uh, looks back to the Passover. It also looks forward to the banquet we will join when Jesus comes back and completes his kingdom. 
Communion is our model of the kingdom of God, a model of the way things ought to be. God joins us as we sit together and enjoy what he has provided us, both the food and Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. Participation in communion is also habit forming. At the supper, supper, we eat bread and drink wine together with thanksgiving, not merely to show the way things really ought to be, but to practice the way things really ought to be. The, way, the Lord's Supper is a drama in which we're active participants. Each time we participate, we're learning and relearning our role, are learning the habits of cross-centered living. We practice being together in Jesus. This is what fellowship really is. Jesus starts the meal by saying, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This Last Supper and our communion are about fellowship and unity with one another and with God. We practice receiving the God's gift with joy. A major theme of communion is that God provides for us. It is a meal. I know what we do on Sunday mornings doesn't look exactly like a meal, but that is what it represents. In our culture, we've been separated from the source of our food, right? In the past, everyone had a solid connection and understanding to where their food comes from, but how it grows and the life that was taken to provide our food, whether it be a plant or an animal, we've lost that. And now we just go to the store or the drive-thru and it's handed to us in a sterile, human-prepared form. I think this causes us to forget the gift of God that is our food. Communion reminds us that of the ways that God's provide that God provides for us, so whether it's food or our salvation in Jesus. He provides us food that nourishes our life and gives us energy and helps us to grow. And in the same way, he provides Jesus for us to nourish our spiritual life and to empower us to live godly life and to grow in his ways. So be grateful. I can't press enough on the benefits and the simple truth of expressing thankfulness to God for the good things that he has given you. We practice serving one another. Service is an element of the Lord's Supper that's often overlooked, but when we take it, we are focused on what Jesus has done for us. Jesus' death on the cross is the premier example of serving others. He sacrificed his life for the sake of others. He, he suffered a gruesome death and was taken from his friends and family, so why would he serve me in this way? Because he loves me. Jesus lived his whole life as a servant. He washed his disciples' feet, spent time with the lowly, the sick. He cared for them, healed them, taught them. He didn't amass material wealth for himself. He died for them. Following Jesus is serving people. It is essential. When unsure about how to proceed, you can never go wrong trying to work for the good of others. I know we have many great servants who are already doing this in our church, but but find one new way to make someone's day a little better this week, on top of what you already do. In communion, we also practice humility. It reminds us of our depravity, our inability to help ourselves and to come to God on our own. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, you were dead through your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. 
All of us at once lived among them in our passions of our flesh, doing the will of the flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. In communion, we see our inability, and we see Jesus' great love and his sacrifice for us. The goodness in us is not ours. It is the gift of God. Don't look at yourself as above anyone, but associate with everyone as fellow followers of Jesus with much to offer and a part to play in his kingdom. One great practice uh, to exercise humility is to acknowledge the strength and contributions of others. A second is to open is, is, is to be open to listening and learning from others. I'm not saying you have to take bad advice or follow bad examples, but listen intently to others and ask questions and learn from them. Everyone has something to offer you. By sharing communion every week, we let these habits seep into our lives. When, we, when you miss, it matters. We miss out because God has you here for a reason. You belong here and God wants to use you to do good in this place, to encourage and serve. And when you're not here, we miss out. You also miss out because you miss the goodness that God wants to do in your life through communion to remind you and refocus you and transform you. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. Come see us any Sunday morning at 10.50 a.m. for worship gathering. We do have Sunday school before that at 9.45. We have junior church during our worship service. Uh, we have amazing uh, children's directors, Tyler and Kelsey McGuffey, and they do a great job working with our children uh, every Sunday along with a lot of other uh, people who are serving in that ministry. So come and be a part of that. We also recently uh, brought in, hired a new uh, director of music, Josh Fletcher. And, and once again, I think you will be extremely blessed if you'll come and join in our musical worship led by Josh. We have such a great uh, group of people, and we want to welcome you and show you that you really do have a seat at our table and you belong with us. I uh, hope to see you any Sunday morning, 10.50 a.m. Uh, you can go to our website, click on the First Time tab, and it'll give you, give you some information so you feel more comfortable walking in the first time. Our website is www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.